Hey there, welcome back to the Jumpstart Podcast. I'm your host, John Groves. And if you're a lady, don't scroll by this episode just because of the title. There's not a day that goes by where men aren't affected by at least one, if not all four, of the crucial areas of life. And how they handle them will either lead to success and fulfillment or pain and failure. And that's exactly what we cover in today's deep dive into what every man needs to know with author Todd Isburner. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to Jumpstart. We're so excited that you're here with us today. Have an incredible guest on the podcast today. Just a phenomenal leader in some really unique ways. And have to be honest, when we first connected, I thought about utilizing him in some other podcast context, but he recently released a book that just was really ministering to me. And everyone that I've shared the book or quotes from the book with over even just the last few days have said that was exactly what I needed to hear. And so today on Jumpstart, we're going to be talking with who I hope is going to become a really great friend, just a phenomenal man of God and leader and now an incredible author, Todd Isburner. Todd, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thank you, Jim. And yes, indeed, guaranteed, I think we're going to stay connected. Uh, there's just something about you that uh, that resonates inside my spirit as well. Maybe it's your uh, you know halfway goofiness mixed with your <laughs> incredible <laughs> seriousness for the Lord, and I love that. Hey, by the way, you said an incredible guest. I hope that doesn't put the pressure on you. Need to define incredible. What, what, what is that? What are you expecting? <laughs> oh my goodness! I think I'm gonna set you up to to humble brag on some of the things that make you incredible. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I've right, I've yeah. done all of the internet stalking that I could possibly do. And I, I ran a few of your references, Tim McDermott, Matt Brown. Uh, the bad things that they said weren't bad enough that I would keep me from having you on the podcast. So Very good to hear. All right. Then I'm in safe territory, Tim. relatively speaking. <laughs> yeah, what does Tim know? So I would love to know just a little bit more about, about your background and what led you to this moment. Because yeah. – I'm a business owner and in ministry and working on some books of my own. So when I came across your digital profile and I started to see here's somebody who's doing all of those things much further along than I'm at, I thought, okay, I need to learn about what was the process that led to this moment. So could you tell us a little bit just about your background and what it is that you specialize in? Yeah, so I really had a, an incredibly wonderful upbringing in a small little German town, New Ulm, Minnesota, where you were either Catholic or Lutheran, and our family were Catholics, so we went to church every Sunday, and I, I so loved my family and church and God that when I was a little boy, I really wanted to be a Catholic priest. I thought that was his calling on my, my vocation, we called it. And so from the fourth grade to the eighth grade, that's <clears throat> all I could think about, and all I would want to be is a Catholic priest. However, um, I started to feel pressure from uh, from the clergy to for me to go directly into seminary after the eighth grade, which kind of made me more curious. Like, well, so what am I going to miss in high school here in my hometown? Make a long story short, <clears throat> I ended up uh, ignoring their advice, going to high school. And after my first year in high school, the furthest thing from my mind was the priesthood. <laughs> so I, I took a left turn, man. It was girls and sports and parties and just not good stuff at all, which put me in a 10-year place of, of just bad living and rebellion. And, uh, and it, it took, uh, I got married very young 
And it took a broken marriage <clears throat> for me to trip and fall and ended up flat on my face, face down, realizing that, uh, man, I had made a mess of life and, and was just shattered. Had this monster ego and arrogance that literally God just had to crush. And he, he did a good job of it. <laughs> so uh, through a series of circumstances, my neighbors introduced me to their pastor, who then shared the gospel with me. And uh, when I realized the, the, the truth about who Jesus is and the reality of the cross, it went from my head to my heart that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And man, I just opened up. I Honestly, I bawled like a baby. I, I shook to the core. I was on my knees. I was calling out to God. And he just, he just invaded. He, it's like he was inside of me and he pulled out this horrendous pile of junk and, and replaced it with his spirit. So I was 25 years old when that happened. And uh, from that point going forward, all of life changed everything, my perspective on everything. And it, it kind of like you, he placed a fire within me. Then I just wanted to tell others about Jesus and share this gospel, this good news. And, uh, and that actually led me into a, a business opportunity that I didn't realize was a business at the time. But we, we ended up working with Christian radio stations and other nonprofit ministries raising money. So we literally would get on the radio and we'd talk to listeners about how they could support their station. Why? So the radio station could deliver the good news of Jesus and disciple others. So that, that's been sort of the shortcut path that I went down. You mentioned before we started recording that you sent your resume through something called a Yellow Pages. I'm curious, <laughs> what is that? Um, you know, I don't even have any left. I think we've cleaned them all out. Yes, this, these big honking phone books. And I did when I was 25, I was so excited about Jesus. And I thought, I just want to work for him. I just want to tell others. I sat down, I sent out like 33 sort of doctored up resumes to make me look good to different organizations that I thought were Christian and were ministries. And I just want to work for Jesus. And through a series of circumstances, through the church I had started attending, uh, a, a guy grabbed hold of me and said, look, I, I got a little thing called Share Media. We help Christian radio stations. And a year later, I think I, I bought it for $1,500 and four clients, and away we went. All the while, if you can believe this, going through seminary and co-raising two little girls. I mean, I had a, I had a six-year-old and a one-year-old uh, because the circumstance that God used to get my attention was my wife left the marriage. And uh, that's, what, that's what broke me. But God used all of that. When you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, um, and we, we really, truly devote our lives to Christ. I hope we never expect, well, that means end of problems for me, man. It's going to be easy sailing. But that's not true. We make a mess. So we have to endure the consequences of the mess. But God gives you the power to go through it. And he literally can make things good from it. I, I don't know how he does that, but it's a miracle. He'll, he'll pull stuff out of all the bad stuff and he'll make it good. So that's what he did with my life. That's incredible. I want to make a transition in our conversation. And with this clarifier, uh, Todd is not on the podcast today to try and sell you a book. I asked him to be here. He did not ask to be here. Uh, we connected through a mutual friend. But Todd, if it's all right, what I'd like to do is a little different than a normal podcast. Normally, we would talk to the audience and I would say, hey, for those that are listening, you know, can you speak to us? But it doesn't take but about three sentences inside your book 
to have something that speaks directly to you if you are a man. And so I'd really just like to have a conversation, uh, make this like a discipleship moment and everybody else just gets to benefit by listening in on us ah. talking. So Beautiful. I just, I just like to, to hear from you and let everybody else kind of sit in. You shared something. You said that men who are afraid to show weakness only become weaker and they end up doing life alone. Yeah. And I'm curious, I, I grew up in an environment where you don't show emotion. You certainly don't show weakness of any kind. You never admit to anything. Uh, and some of that was the staunch legalistic denomination that we grew up in in ministry. And some of that was just personality and the culture that had brought our family into mm. existence. And so yeah. I'm curious, mm. what does it mean to show weakness? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's just so relevant for every single man, um, especially the, the young man listening to but I just just a quick little back history note on my upbringing. I, I br probably brought up even somewhat similar to, to you, even though I'm a different generation. But I mean, boys don't, big boys don't cry. I mean, that's what we were taught. You just didn't show any emotion. You didn't show any weakness. You just didn't cry. So what that does is it reinforces, the, reinforces a false sense of security that within you, you have the strength, the pride, which really literally is just ego, so that you can get through anything have to ask help. You don't have to ask directions. Guys, am I right? Before Siri, you know you never ask for directions. <laughs> and the reality is it deceives us into thinking that we are strong. I mean, we are not strong. We are just as weak the femme gender, and we never want to let on to anybody, certainly not to women, and never to a guy, because that would expose our vulnerability. So when I say that, um, that weakness can actually be a good thing if you expose it, what I mean is you've got to start with the truth. Truth is you got pride and you got ego, and those are the first two things you've got to surrender at the foot of the cross. And when we do that, then we realize I cannot motor my way through life without the power and the help from the Holy Spirit of Jesus working through me. And man, that's the starting point. It's tough for guys who don't have Jesus in there. It's tough enough for us who do have Jesus in our lives. It's tough for, even tougher for guys who don't have Jesus. They don't understand what they're missing out on. So they really grapple with trying to show this strength. When we are real about this and we can show, particularly other men, that we know we don't have it within ourselves, but God does, and we're going to lean on that, and then we're willing to share that and then help other men who are going through the same thing, then we all together become stronger and stronger uh, both individually and corporately. So I don't want to get too far down the road, but um, John, I do not believe you can do that on your own. I, I don't believe that a man like a, like a charcoal from a fire can be put out over here and keep burning strong. You got to have the rest of the fire. Men need men, godly Jesus following men who will work with them to go through the issues of life as a band of brothers. Man, that's where the strength comes from. I think that's true and that's scriptural about sharing one another's burdens and iron sharpening iron and yeah. wisdom in the multitude of counselors old testament to new that principle is backed up but in my growing up in ministry and now uh, 10 years in vocational ministry even pastoring i've seen two perspectives on that 
that we're unhealthy. Of course, the healthy one is we're doing life together. We're, we're seeing discipleship here. But then it seems that there is a younger generation that might want that. They think and see the need for spiritual fathers or a band of brothers, but they don't know how to get it. And I yeah, think that yeah. might be because there's an older generation or maybe it's not a younger and older. There's just a different type of person who never experienced it. So they're not sure how to give it. And so here's a group of men that need something one more than the other. Some need to give, some need to get, and both need to do mm. it together, but they don't know how to initiate the cycle. Oh man, <clears throat> that is so true. It's, it's the Paul Timothy relationship. We all need a Paul, a seasoned saint speaking into our lives and we all need to be a Paul to others. Uh, some of us, you know, are, are Timothy's moving up to sort of the Paul status, but the, re the reality is it's, it's just very reciprocal. And I, I, I know there are so many um, mature Christian men who, who have not taken the initiative to reach out to the younger men who are looking for models and don't even know it. Uh, and I had, the, I had the incredible blessing of having three different older men in my life, not not chronologically so much older, but certainly spiritually more mature. And I was fortunate enough that they pursued me. I don't, I don't know if I would have known how to go about them, but they pursued me and opened up a, a pathway for me to be mentored by them. And it's not like we sat down every week, all right, let's look at the study guide and go through this whole thing. It, it can't be cerebral. It's got to be real life. And so we would, we would live life together in various situations where I could learn from them how you handle this. How do you handle your situation with your wife or or your siblings or how do you handle stuff with money how do you handle stuff with developing a relationship with god and seasoned men can teach the younger men who like you said i really believe there's a hunger inside the younger guys they just don't know where to turn so if you don't take some initiative to find out you're you're never going to get you need to have other men well where do i go to get other men i'll just google it well maybe maybe start googling men christian men's groups and get online in a digital group and start there we got a group going, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever man needs to know is just is started. But there are lots of them out there. But hopefully in your church, there's a group of men now who you can begin to tap into. And if I, if I could just use one illustration of that in the church that I'm going to, uh, the, the, the men's pastor, he doesn't like to be called pastor, he's a coach. And uh, literally came out of the NFL football years ago. But he, he just has got a heart for men. We have now, we had last year over 900 men, not all from our church, from all over, who were, who were just rushing through the door to go to different Bible studies that were for men only. And I'm telling you, these guys are, are being challenged in ways they never thought they could be, and they're growing spiritually and in every other area of their lives. So men can be a huge help to men, but you gotta, if you don't have one in your life, you got to go find one. That's true. And I think a man who's rushing through the door to get to a Bible study is so going to be, uh, he's going to be leading his family. Well, <laughs> he's, he's going to be leading so many other things. Well, and there's a fulfillment there that can't be known outside of that context. Well, what's interesting is some of the guys rushing through the door were so frustrated over not figuring it out in life. They were looking for help. That's a very good sign. I'm watching some of these guys over the last three years, literally rise up to leadership level. Some of these guys that just started out on our, uh, in our group on a table are now next year going to be leading a table because God has matured them through the life experiences with other men and uh, the time we spend together sharing and praying and studying the word. You 
like to use the word mindset. And you talk about perspective that can change a lot of things. And there is a sentence that you used that I thought was interesting. You said that as a man, we can create chaos, pain, and hurt, or we can create success, joy, and fulfillment. Now, for someone who is an entrepreneur or entrepreneur or a, a, a visionary, I go, absolutely. I want to create all those things. Uh, but then I know that I have some good friends that I'm discipling who are not that. They're more passive than anything. And I'd love for you to, to share with me maybe some things I can share with them about how they, how they are either creating one or the other because I'm not yeah. sure that they see it. <clears throat> Well, you are absolutely 100% responsible for the outcome of what you think. There's no question. Nobody would argue with that. Uh, so if you're constantly thinking negatively or thinking small um, or you're, you're so self-focused on the inside of things you wish were different that the outside then seems to become impossible and changing things, the, the reality is you have to stand in front of the mirror. And you, have to ask, you have to ask yourself who's responsible for the outcome of what's going on in my life right now. <clears throat> so I worked with a consultant friend years ago and he said, Todd, they come to us for one of two reasons, pain or vision. Either they're so messed up and things are so chaotic that they're just calling out for help, or they've got things reasonably going well, but they want more and they want to expand and they have vision and they don't know how to get there. So I, I think with every person we encounter, one of those two things are going on sometimes even simultaneously, but they can both be addressed. But before any mindset can change for anything, you have to have the want to. And I don't believe the want to can come by just sitting in a corner or going off and meditating or playing video games. The want to is gonna to have to come by time spent with God. And I know that sounds like, well, that's the Christian thing to say. Well, of course it is, <laughs> because that's the reality of the starting point. If we will start with God, Every day, I don't, it doesn't matter what time of the day or where or any of that stuff or how even, but man, if we aren't plugged in with God every day, we won't have a chance of letting the mind of Christ work through us. And the mind of Christ will never be negative, will never be small thinking. It'll always be the opposite of that. So that's how I believe we start to develop the hunger. We spend time in the Word. We spend time talking to God. You don't have to get religious and pray. You just got to talk. And you got to listen then. You'll be quiet and listen. God speaks in so many different ways. So I think that's the starting point to shifting our mindset and getting the hunger we need to get a better mindset. Absolutely. Your book is called What Every Man Needs to Know. And How's that for a title? <laughs> it's, it, it was powerful. And when, when a mutual friend, Matt Brown, said, hey, I want you to connect with this guy named Todd. He's written this book, What Every Man Needs to Know. I, I thought, well, what's going to make this different than all of the other books that exactly. thought that I needed to know things? But I think what made it impactful was its depth in simplicity. Oh, thank you. Honestly, you narrowed it down to four areas, but you touched on a couple that might not be expected in the average Christian book. And your your life experience, which is interwoven through those pages that that backs these principles up, is is great. But I want to get to the the two that 
I thought, okay, we'll see what this guy has to say about. But I want to start with really the best starting place, and that is the area of faith. Yeah. And yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I grew up in church. You know, I, I would read my Bible. I would pray. I had somewhat of a relationship with the Lord. But you're saying that there's some, there's some things that every man really needs to put into practice as far as faith is concerned. And yeah. there's some things that every guy really needs to pause and think about. Absolutely true. Well, first of all, I'm just, I'm grateful. Notice it's a simple book. So with a title like that, what every man needs to know, you'd think this would be about a 5,000 page book right, about everything. And I did, I boiled it down. I had to write it for dummies because I had to write it for me. And I think in more simple terms. And so I kept it very simple. It's like 150 pages. And if you get the audio version, it takes you three hours to listen to. But I boil it down to these basic four cornerstones that every man sort of builds his everyday life on. And uh, I started with faith in the first section because all the rest of them in some ways become somewhat superficial and irrelevant if you don't have the foundation of faith solidly underneath you. That's the starting point. And so even, even within the book, I mean, I just... I share the gospel in the opening pages because when a man uh, really understands the relationship he can have with God, then everything else opens up for him. And uh, I mean, even put in a little section, it's important to set faith growing goals. And here's uh, here's the key for everyday uh, success. And that is to have a quiet time or a time with God and to read his word. And, and then you've got to literally walk it out and God will give you opportunity every day to walk out what you say you believe. And then uh, this whole band of brothers idea, man, you cannot do this alone. There have to be a group of men. Um, John, I'm so blessed. I've had a core group of men that I've been part of, a band of brothers, for 35 years. And we've had about 100 guys come through that group. But there's this core. And we know each other inside and out. We've been through all kinds of ups and downs of life together. And uh, honestly, if we didn't have each other, I, you know, I don't know where we'd be. So... These are just sort of foundational in the faith arena of life. And once that's solid and you're growing in that, these other areas uh, are going to be a lot easier and more sensible in terms of how they affect your life and the life of others around you. I think that's true. And that funnel kind of narrows from the open into faith down into yeah. family. Yeah. And so I just want to ask, I, I'm a newlywed while we're recording this episode, I don't know, maybe my kids and grandkids will be re-listening to this podcast someday if Jesus doesn't return. But right now, I've been married for almost three months. You've got so, that newlywed glow about you, bro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're experts on marriage because we've, you know, we've been married for, for three months. We, we know everything. And uh, we've been noticing a trend. This is a little off topic, but it seems that when young Christians get married, they feel the need to start a YouTube channel and start giving everyone else advice on singleness and relationships. And we're going to avoid that pitfall. Um, Good. We're, we're going we're gonna to steer clear from that. But I, I'd love for you to just share with me, we don't have kids yet. We'd like to wait a few years before we do. But what are some things practically yeah. in my marriage and in my future yeah. growing family that I can really start to work toward and in right now. We got to love the fact that um, anything is possible for a great marriage. And this is the way God would want it. He wants us to have great marriages. You have had a bit of a head start because I, I, I sense you've had some good modeling in marriage in your family. 
and, uh, and maybe other marriages around you. So when you have that, it's kind of like a, a little added advantage because you, you know, you've seen what has worked well for your parents or for other couples. And that's not to say everybody's got it, you know, it's all smooth sailing, it's all rosy. Everybody's got challenges in their marriages. But it, there is a starting place in marriage, and for men, it starts with death. <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot live inside of a happy marriage unless you are willing to die. And I mean, every single day. Now, um, for those stuck in quarantine who've been married for 20 years, they can't wait to get out <laughs> just to have some free time. I have a feeling that newlyweds like you get, oh, quarantine, awesome. <laughs> Let's stay put, sweetie. Uh, but, but, you know, the, the reality is that if a, if a man just sort of casually approaches this idea of giving his life for his wife, he will get casual results in the marriage. They'll be very mediocre, and you'll hit some walls, and you won't know how to get through them. Um, so when, when the Apostle Paul in Ephesians reminds us that we're to lay down our lives for our wives like Christ laid down his life for the church, we either believe that and act on that, or we believe that, kind of believe that, make some excuses for it, and don't react on it. So, I mean, that is the starting point. But to, to make it practical, John, uh, for you, um, you, you have a great zeal and passion and love for your wife. You want good things for her. And, you get, and there's a good payback for you as well. But it's important that, that you ask God for this day, Father, how do you want to love my wife through me today? Because that eliminates loving her the wrong way. Sometimes as guys get mixed up and we love our wives the way we think they ought to be loved or they want to be loved or they need to be loved. You can dismiss that whole notion because you don't really know. Women, they're such an incredible, unique creation of God's so complex and so we think we can get them all figured out that is not what god has uh, brought us into marriage for let's figure her out and fix her not going to work that way she's uh, like john elbridge says she's a mystery to be explored that's a great way to put it but if if every day as a husband you ask god god i know you want to show her love today i know you do so what's the way you'd like to show her love through me today and i'll do it and he's so faithful in bringing things to mind or setting things in front of you and you realize Instantly, especially if there's a rub up against your flesh or your, your impulses, if there's a rub up against it, that's a really good sign. Then you've got an opportunity to die, put her first, be unselfish, and lavish your love on her. And oh yeah, by the way, it will come back on you big time tenfold. It's just the way women are wired. When they feel loved, treasured, respected, nurtured, all of that, they can't wait to love you back. That's really good. I, I'm just trying to think for you because, you know, you've got, you got such a bright future ahead of you. But that, that's like the main thing, man. You just keep, keep dying and keep loving her the way God wants to love her. I'm, I'm taking notes right here. Um, and, uh, good for you. I, I really appreciate the, the practical tip as far as the, the prayer is concerned. Um, in truth, uh, there was a time, not recently, but whenever... Olivia and I first met that I really thought I had her figured out. And uh, every day she is teaching me, the Lord is teaching me through her, that uh, there are some things that we will never know, maybe not even in eternity. Um, I, uh, I, I believe that Olivia is a, a beautiful picture of the inexplorable mind of Christ. Oh, what um, a great, great way to put it. That's great. That's a quote right there. <laughs> get, get that out on social media. That's a great post. It, 
she she is wonderful but but that is so very true um and a, a principle that god really worked in my life in uh, was through a, a message that i think i heard andy stanley preach years ago he talked about are you the person you're looking for is looking for and a, a piece of a piece of my story that I don't share very often is that I was engaged, uh, I think when I was 20 years old. Um, and thankfully that, that marriage did, did not happen. That was a, uh, I don't know a more spiritual way to say a dodged a bullet moment. Um, but I remember hearing that message. I'd like to hear her version of it too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she'd say something right along those same lines. Um, but I, I remember hearing this sermon and it brought my mind back to middle school where everybody was in our Christian school challenged to make the list with all the things that you'd be looking for in a future spouse one day. Yes, yes, and, you know, back then it was like nine pages long. For me, number one was shorter than me. Uh, that, was, that was really high priority. It still is. And I'm the tallest person in my family, which is the first time that's ever happened now. That's very, cool. very, very exciting, very <laughs> exciting time. But I remember that preacher that encourages to make that list talked about, you know, making sure that you got in shape. He's like, you're in seventh, eighth grade right now. Get in shape, do the push-ups. you know, do the work. And, and he encouraged us in not so clever words as Andy Stanley to be the person we're looking for is looking for. And so as I started to examine my list or re-examine after that, engagement, I thought, if the person that I'm picturing walked in the room, I would not be the one that she was attracted to. Wow. And a piece of that is fitness. Mm -hmm. I and, And it's so important. And so as I began to dive into that personally, I started to see that it had a lot of spiritual implications as well. Um, in how a day was shaped, but also being a reflection of of God and being a carrier of that message. Some people are like, my body's a temple and I'm building a mega church, but um, I'm not sure that that's the greatest mindset to go back to your word. And so you felt the need to really dive in on the subject of fitness. And so I just need you to preach to me again on it a little bit. Because I, I don't want to gain the first year of marriage 15 pounds. No, and I listen, listen, dude. I have seen the young guys do that. All of a sudden, they start eating until there's no tomorrow. And uh, loves her cooking, and she loves his cooking. And before you know it, <laughs> you're pegging out, and you're relaxing. So you're not going to go there. I know you're not. Uh, I really am a strong believer in the importance of physical fitness. Because if we are not physically fit, and God doesn't have a good, strong body that's got a lot of stamina to dwell in, then we're going to sh- we're going to short change lots of opportunities because we won't have the strength. We'll be dragging. <clears throat> we won't be healthy. We'll start allowing physical handicaps and problems to enter into our life, and you you can't be an effective servant like that. Now, I I just want to make note there there are obviously people who have been subjected to things that they did not bring about that has caused physical problems for them. So my heart goes out to them, and they too can still, to the best of their ability, apply good, solid principles to good health and fitness. And I know that to be true. But for those of us who have no reason whatsoever not to be fit, <clears throat> then let's get on the program, right? And, and that means just a couple of things. One is we have to know what it is we want and why. 
if you want to be physically strong uh, and healthy on the inside, your organs are all functioning properly and all that good stuff, then we have to ask, well, why, why do I really want that? And I think if you've got a strong enough why, you will go after it. The why for me is I, I want to remain as young as I can for as long as I can to be as effective as I can in doing the work that God has called me to do. It's just it's that simple. Uh, I want to be able to do other things outside of that realm, like climb mountains and lift weights and do chin-ups and all that stuff. I want to eat good so my body is able to function better on a clean diet than a bad diet. Let's see a chin-up right now. Um, oh, man, one-handed one or two? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I, uh, working out is really hard. It's painful, and it has so many lessons to teach us about the rest of life because life is full of challenges and pain, and you can utilize that pain to get stronger in areas on the inside and the outside. So there's just so many great analogies to make your body hurt a little bit, whether that's through cardio exercise or strength training or whatever. But the, the, the main reason is not so that you, um, you know, can, can be a cover model for a male men's fitness magazine, although I wouldn't mind that, but it's not, that's, not the, that's not the reason. The reason is because you want to have every possible advantage that God wants to give you for, for carrying out the plans and the purposes he has for your life. And that doesn't mean for you as much as it means for those around you. You've got wife, you've got kids, you've got friends, you've got coworkers, you've got people who need you, depend on you, want to look up to you. And you're not going to be able to do that if you're, if you're getting fat, I'm just going to say it. If you're out of shape, you can't breathe well going up the steps. If you're starting to slow down and drag down so that you're half asleep half the time and you don't know why, you've got to be chugging the coffee to try to keep, get you alert. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of stuff. Um, doesn't allow us to be all that God wants us to be for his glory and his plan and his purposes to be carried out, fulfilled through you. So I, I, found like, I sound like I'm harping a little bit, but <clears throat> it's, it's, it's hard and yet it's easy because if you ask yourself, what do I want and why? And the why is I want to have stamina. I want to be strong. I want to be clear-minded. I want to be sharp. I want to be able to help others. That's a great why to motivate you to endure that little bit of pain you're going to endure doing physical fitness and eating how, right, avoiding the donuts. How much does that, uh, <laughs> bro, don't start talking about donuts. Um, that's my, uh, that's my love language right there. Oh um, Lord have mercy. I believe that the manna in the old Testament, which they talked about being sweet was the equivalent of a Krispy Kreme hot light. Come on. Donut. <laughs> Wait a minute. Holy I lost Spirit you. Where'd glaze. you go? Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Okay. You're there. Yeah. So um, I think you need to have avocado chocolate pudding. <clears throat> There's no chocolate in it, but it tastes like chocolate pudding. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm down. Um, in prep for this episode, I have uh, been doing intermittent fasting uh, for the last couple of weeks. I've been yeah. protein shake and water until I've got a small window to eat healthy in. Yeah. Um, so yeah. a lot, a lot of vegetables. Honest. You are on it. I'm so proud of you. Good for you, man. Thanks. You're, I've been gonna, I've been working on it. You're going to lead the way. You're going to you're going to start. You know what happens when, especially when people who've been out of shape and start getting in shape, and they are bombarded with questions. Oh, what are you doing, man? You look good. Are you losing weight? So you, we all have an opportunity then to influence and affect others for really good things. Really Absolutely. Good things. I, I mean, really let's face noticed. it. The church the church is full of <laughs> potlucks. 
and oh, I've seen some churches clean up the, you know, clean up the stuff when when people have a chance to to buy the goodies and stuff, and I and I love that. And it's I mean, it's God honoring, you know, it's true. He doesn't want us living on a sugar diet. Come on, that's true. It's true. I noticed that this fitness thing, the the mindset that led into fitness bled over into some other areas because mm-hmm. in in recent years when I thought, okay, I'm going to have abs by summer in 60 days. Well, when that didn't happen, you get discouraged and you quit because your goal was a short-term goal. But my mindset moving forward is I was very blessed to have a grandfather and a great grandfather who I struggled to keep up with. Um, my great grandfather was one of the greatest influences in my life. And my grandfather is the one who raised me and I learned so much from him. And I want to be able to be that great grandfather. I want to live to be a 100 and still be outside doing the things that I love. Um, I don't want to be the, the wheelchair oxygen nursing home, Mm. uh, grandparent that everyone feels obligated to come see. Well, and so you won't be because you keep answering the why. Well, why do I want to be in shape? Why do I want to avoid that thing that's not good for me? Why do I want to put my body through a little bit of pain to get stronger? That's all it is. And then you set these goals. You hit those goals. You work. And if you don't hit them, you just reset them and hit them and, you know, go after until you do. And then you just set some new goals. But you keep answering the why. Why do I want this? And you're able then to have the discipline to go get it. It's so true. That's true for every area of life. Absolutely. Yeah. Short-term goals are great, but they don't yield long-term results. Yeah. And that's something that I'm learning now, even financially, because we're, we're newlyweds. And so there's a, a merging there and a, a family to take care of and other bills that I didn't have before. And uh, I, I can't honestly say that I had a ton of great advice on finances growing up. I don't have a ton of debt, but I also you know, I'm not going to retire at 50 either if I, if I were to keep all the habits that I've had the last few years. And I think that's true for, and I'm, I'm reverting back, but there are some, some leaders listening to this in their 30s and 40s, some in ministry or some just in the, the daily grind who are living paycheck to paycheck and do not know how to break the cycle. They're not thinking about it the right way. And I'd love for you to pour into me, but pour into yeah. all those that are listening too, because this yeah. is such an important area. Yeah. Well, again, it, uh, mindset is a big part of this and understanding the meaning of money is really, the, it's the starting place. What does money mean? Is it just a transactional tool? And I mean, money can mean different things to, to different people. Uh, money can mean if I got a lot of money, I got control. Uh, money can be a, a means to an end. I get money, I get to buy groceries and gas. I mean, so there's various meanings, but I think in, in the essence of it, we really have to be clear for ourselves, what does money mean for you? And in, in my opinion, the best place to go for really understanding the depths of the meaning of money and what it can do and cannot do is to go to the Bible. And, you know, I don't want to over-spiritualize it, but the reality is there is a lot of biblical principles about money tucked into the scriptures. And when you think about it, um, Money is one of those things that it, it just it's um, it's worldwide one of the biggest preoccupations of every human on earth. 
And if it is necessarily the actual exchange device, it might be something else that's being part of the reality is you got to have something to get something. And when we really understand God's take on money and the meaning of money in our lives and what it can and cannot do, we'll have a better starting place for learning to manage the money. Because you really can't manage it until, again, you start to understand what you have and why you have it and how God wants to play into it. So we can't keep him out of that area of our life because that area of our life hits almost everybody almost every single day. There's a, there's a bill to pay or something you got to buy or something you need or want. And so, so once we learn then the art of managing our money, that will spill over into other areas of life. Cause I really think one of the, one of the toughest disciplines is to understand what you do with your money. And again, there's just resources like crazy out there. I mentioned some solid, like four or five solid, simple ones in my book of places they could go to. You know, all of Dave Ramsey's stuff, who knows how many millions of people he's helped uh, with his financial principles, making it very, very practical, all based on the Bible. And my, my dad was a good money manager because he simply, he simply lived like this. If I don't got it, I can't spend it. So that generation didn't go into debt, and that's how I was raised in terms of learning how to handle money. I watched, I can remember as a little 10-year-old boy leaning over my shoulders, mom, my mom's shoulder was she was at the dining room table and she's got her pencil and paper and these all these lines and she's writing down all these figures she's got the stack of bills and then she's got uh, like a little calculator she's running numbers on it and i i started to learn that uh, she would take the money that that we had and she would parcel it out very carefully in the form of a budget and this is literally where i, I just saw it modeled for me that you have to be careful with what you have and the biggest danger today, I mean, how many college kids go to their mailbox and get bombarded with invitations from credit card companies, right? Thinking, ah, here's some easy free money. Well, I mean, I know I got to pay it back, but you know, someday. I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible trap that you can fall into. So just knowing the real basic, you know, the basics of managing money is going to get you ahead in just about every area of life because you're going to learn the disciplines. Because this is undeniable. You manage money well, and you you do well. You manage money, manage you manage it poorly, and it's not only going to affect you, but it's going to then this this constant stress and this thing running in the back of your mind all the time. How do I pay for this? How am I going to get the money for that? And I'm not trying to in any way minimize some of the financial difficulties that people encounter, even when they've been managing it, you know, relatively well. They're going to hit. But if we start out managing well, when you hit those times, you'll actually have the ability to go through those times because you'll have a reserve of funds, you'll have a savings account. You know, I mean, I don't want to get into details right now, John, but it's just a lot easier than we think if we'll just do it. And again, understand what's it for, where's God's take on it, and why do I want to really manage this? And what you shared was perfect. I wanted everyone listening to leave with the understanding that a growing faith, a healthy family, that health in your fitness and in your finances is all possible. It's all attainable. And it doesn't matter where you're starting from that a mind, a mindset shift and a, a spiritual focus can absolutely revolutionize your life. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage if you are a man listening, go purchase this book. If
you're a teenage guy listening, uh, go purchase this book. It will set you up for success. And if you are a, a wife or a girlfriend of someone listening, go buy the book and give it to them. And it, 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 will, bless, it will bless you uh, vicariously through them. It's a phenomenal resource. And I want to encourage everyone to go grab a copy of What Every Man Needs to Know. We'll link to it in the show notes so you can click the link and visit Todd on all of his social medias that are beautiful and uh, his website as well. And you're going to want to learn more and follow what God's doing through, through Todd Isburner. Thank you so much for being here today, Todd. John, thank you, man. It's been a delight. <clears throat> I hope there are, are guys and uh, maybe some ladies in the audience too who can pick up a few things and start putting it to work. And again, it's all for one reason, one reason only. It's to give God the honor that he deserves and he wants and we want to give him and then to be a blessing to others. It's just that simple. Thanks, Amazing. John. Thank you. Thanks. Well, thanks for listening to the Jumpstart with John Groves podcast because even normal life can feel draining. So we share energizing content that helps you make the biblical connections between the positives and the negatives of life. If you've enjoyed these episodes, I'd love for you to rate and review the podcast and share it with a friend. Take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story and tag me there. I'd love to repost it and would love to connect with you. We'll see you next time.